don't engage in the politics of personal destruction. The fact is that if we just talk about the issues, for example, I think it'd be interesting to people in these districts to know that the speaker wants to take away the guarantee of Medicare. So I think talking about issues is where we should be. What is the difference in one person being speaker than another? It's a self-fulfilling problem. You demonize and then you, it, we call it the wrap-up smear. If you want to talk politics, you call it the wrap-up smear. You smear somebody with falsehoods and all the rest. And then you merchandise it. And then you write it, and they'll say, see, it's reported in the press that this, 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 and this. So they have that validation that the press reported the smear, and then it's called the wrap-up smear. Now I'm going to merchandise the press's report on the smear that we made. It's, it's a tactic, and it's, it's, it's self-evident. But I think I'm worth the trouble, quite frankly. Wow. There you have it. One of, one of the age-old tactics against truth. And we're going to discover today this uh, wrap-up and smear tactic that they did on Jesus. And again, we are continuing to, uh, to extract from Scripture the political um, activism of Jesus and how it incited such enemies. And again, go back to the other podcasts. Um, go back to all all the other previous uh, uh, recordings and, and join join the fight, join the fight. And so that was uh, that was Nancy Pelosi, the uh, Speaker of the House, Democrat, uh, most one of the most actually the most powerful Democrat in the land. And um, yes, she loves to engage in demonizing people. Okay, demonizing her opponents. Then they smeared by smears, by lies, telling lies. The media then writes the lies, puts it in ink, and puts it in, uh, puts it in the press, puts it in the media circuits, and then it's validated, and they sell it. They wrap it up with the media. And once it gets in the media, it's very difficult to uh, refute, fight it, because it gets to the masses, and uh, to dissuade that message, it's, it's a political nightmare. It's a nightmare. And that's what they have done, okay? When they began to call President Trump a racist, a homophobe, and all that, it, none of that was true. Look at the records. Look at the records, okay? But because they said it in the media, they wrote it to the media, guess what the media does? They take the smear, the demonization, and they go ahead and they push it out to the masses, Okay, it's it's a it's an age old tactic, and we're going to get into it. So this is Elias Flores. I'd like to just welcome you to Prophetic Whispers on this wonderful Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday morning, wherever you may be, and we are going to be talking about the smear tactics on Jesus. Okay, the smear tactics on Jesus. One of the one of the um. One of the and it's in its age old. It goes it goes all the way back in time. Is the tactic of attacking the supernatural, attacking the supernatural. Remember, we talked about yesterday. What was what was there? Um, what was what was some of the the assaults on the kingdom of darkness from Jesus? Okay, what made him an activist? He attacked. He attacked the kingdom of darkness. He attacked through exorcism. He kicked Satan out of strongholds and places, 
Okay, he he began to do exorcisms openly where everybody could see. That was not normal. It may it, it happened in a few places. It happened in synagogues, maybe it happened in the religious system, but not in the streets, not in open public. Here's another point. He began to heal the sick, the supernatural. This is this again is a this this is a tactic to to smear the power of God and the supernatural. Why what am I why am I saying this? Because you even have within the church that will fight that the healings and the miracles are not up to date. Doctrinal fights and doctrinal issues. Okay, well, they they will fight tooth and nail and say that there's no more miracles. They went out with the apostles. Uh, there's no need for them. Uh, we have all 66 books. God has done speaking. God has done. Uh, God has done uh, moving. God has done. Uh, God has done saving. Um, it's all predestination, predetermined. It's all. It's all locked in the mix. There's nothing you can do about it. So sit back and just believe. Okay, but this is not this is not um, something that uh, that we ascribe to. We believe that miracles are for today. We need more miracles now than ever in the sense of deliverance, in the sense of a convincing factor that Jesus is alive. And when you look at Scripture, and when you look at Scripture, you look at First Corinthians. Okay, First Corinthians, Paul writes. Paul writes to the Corinthians, and uh, again, Paul was not really a a, um, a a friendly guy to to the Corinthians. They got into a few spats, as you can imagine, because anytime you correct somebody, right? Anytime you correct somebody and you call them out on their stuff, they 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 tend not to lean your way. That's a that's a pattern of human nature where everybody goes to the to the place of least resistance so paul was paul was very rough on the corinthians when it came to all their sinful issues and their lack of their lack of cooperation with the spirit of god and with uh, their lack of create uh, collaboration with each other um and and you know building the kingdom of god paul was Paul was very, very forceful with them. But if you look at 1 Corinthians, I'm going to start here, but then we're going to get into Jesus. But I want to let you know the attack on the supernatural is probably one of the one of the, the most subtle, okay? One of the most subtle but yet potent attacks on the church today. I want to show this to you, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 1, verse 4, Paul's writing to them, and he's talking to them about their spiritual giftedness, okay? Watch this. It says, I thank my God always concerning you for the grace of God which was given to you by Jesus Christ. Who gave them all these giftings and this grace? Jesus Christ gave it, okay? That you were enriched in everything by him in all utterance and knowledge. In other words, they had they had supernatural revelation, supernatural insight. There was something specially gifted about them. Watch this. Okay, even as the testimony as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you came short of no gift. Okay, he writes to them and says, You came, you came short of no gift. Healings and miracles, deliverances. I mean, you you had this expansive move of the spirit there in other words the supernatural okay and he says this he says eagerly waiting for the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ who also confirmed you to the end that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ so what I'm trying to say is the supernatural in the church today 
Okay, that confirms that Jesus is alive. Jesus is confirmed in us when healings and miracles take place. That's irrefutable. That's irrefutable. It's right here in Corinthians, right here. It's not all just in the book of Acts. It's also in the church today, the Corinthians. Um, it's, it's within the DNA of the Corinthian system that the supernatural, the supernatural revelation, the supernatural gifts of the Spirit, the healings, the miracles, the deliverance, the tongues, the prophecies, all the dynamics of the Spirit confirmed that Jesus is alive. Now, this is important, confirmed in them. This is what's important about the supernatural, it, that is that it confirms that Jesus is living and alive in you today, in the church today. So a church that doesn't practice this, what they have is they have theory or they have a fairy tale. Okay, They want you to sit and listen to stories all day long. They want you to listen to stories about Jesus. But it's the Word of God that produces the supernatural. It's the Word of God that produces the supernatural. So this is one of the aspects in which um, the church has been sabotaged because within the gifts of the Spirit, within the gifts, is the gift of healings and the gift of miracles. Okay, and um, without those two gifts, without those two power gifts, they call them power gifts. Without those two power gifts, how do you know that Jesus is alive? How do you know? Oh, because I believe. Okay, well, you know what? It got to go. There has to be some evidence. What is the evidence? Okay, Satan is always trying to silence evidence. And if he can keep you from believing the supernatural, if he can keep you from, um, from walking in the spirit, if he can keep that dynamic away from you, guess what happens? Guess what happens? He silences you. He shuts you down. You have no legs to stand on. And just to put your mask on and be quiet and sit down in your, in your living room and watch your computer because you can no longer get to church because there's no healing. There's no deliverance. There's no power of God. There's nothing to confirm that Jesus is alive. Now that's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. Read your Bible. Okay? Read your Bible. Okay, and, and it's important for you and I to understand and grasp that without the supernatural, the testimony of Jesus okay, being confirmed in us is, is one of the major portions of the infilling of the Spirit, the confirmation of Jesus, the activities of the Spirit in your life, healings, miracles, and deliverances. Okay, casting out devils, that, that again, that, that is huge. Okay, but again, I played a, a speaker of the house, Nancy Pelosi, and what is their tactics? It's a smear tactic. It's, in other words, to pollute your name in the public sphere. Why do they do that? Because they want, they want to sway the masses that you are exactly what you're not. You are what they say you are, not what you really are. They begin to smear you. They begin to sell it to the media, tell the, all the media outlets. That's why they all run to microphones and say, you know, um, the, the Christians are, are homophobic. The Christians are, are, are against humanity. The Christians are unlovely or unkind. The, the, I mean, they, they give you all kinds of reasons and talk you back as a Christian that you are, you are unloving if you want law and order. You are uncaring if you feel about citizenship and, and making sure that we protect our nations and build our borders and make us strong again. Oh, that we're unkind to the world. 
Okay, well, again, this is the smear tactic. Put it out there that the Christians are unlovely, the Christians are intolerable, the Christians are, and they, they and this anti Semitism that has gone on against their. Listen, we are in a spiritual and political war, and you've heard it. You heard it from the horse's mouth, haha, <laughs> no pun intended, but I say that respectfully. Um, that that they smear you, they lie, they demonize you, then they put it in the media, and then the media runs with it, and they put it on all the news networks, it goes over to all the masses, and guess what? It's true to some people, it's true to many people, it, it, and very few double check, very few follow up, and that's how they get the message out, okay? But they did this to Jesus. Okay, they did this to Jesus as Jesus was casting out devils, as Jesus was teaching very powerfully, as Jesus was doing doing kingdom business. Guess what was happening? Okay, guess what was happening? Let's pick up the story. Okay, let's pick up a story here. The word of God, Matthew 7, 20, 27, Matthew 27, 62 through 24. On, on the next day, the following day, of preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together to Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember while he was still alive how they how how that the deceiver, how that deceiver, they called him that deceiver, after three days will rise again. Therefore command the tomb be made secure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say to the people, He has risen from the dead, so that the last deception will be worse than the first. So what were they doing here? Okay, if they were a deceive if Jesus was a deceiver, he was false, okay, why why would you even need to put anybody around them? Just just uh, just uh wrap up the disciples. The, the 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 disciples get the apostles get get them just lock them up make sure that no but they had to secure the tomb to make sure to make sure that he didn't rise again and or because of his disciples that they would try to steal him so that they the the lies that he was saying in the streets the last lie would be greater than even that so what was the smear tactic on Jesus number 1 that he was a deceiver okay that is a smear tactic that they put on him okay he was a deceiver now watch this Luke 23 1 through 5 okay now this is this is this is before the crucifixion Okay, this is as he faces Pilate. Then the whole multitude of them arose and led him to Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation. Ah, I thought he was in a political yes, he was political because he was influencing the nation. Okay, we found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ, a king. Then Pilate asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? He answered him and said, Is it it is as you say. So Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no fault in this man, but they were they were more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this very place. So how did Jesus become a political enemy? Okay, because he was successful, because he was moving and shaping society, because he was stirring up the people against the, the society norms. What is normal? Okay, when you 
Listen, when you get on fire for God, you start going against the normal, what normal people do, what normal people think, what normal people say. Jesus was radically, radically on the opposite side. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is upon you. His message, repent. John the Baptist, repent. You go down the list of norm um, society norms that Jesus was breaking healing in healing on the Sabbath day I mean just doing things to upset the entire entire apple cart of the political system and the religious systems of the day Jesus was absolutely destroying it and so the people were loving it and following him remember all the other stories the multitudes were following him the feeding of the 5,000 the multitudes what's a multitude in the Bible is where there's too many people that they could count okay then the Bible calls them a multitude okay can you imagine looking uh, you can go to some of your biggest stadiums and say you know the Coliseum here in Los Angeles 101,000 how do you know that because you can count to 101,000 but once you get to a point to where you cannot count guess what happens now you know that it is a multitude multitude Jesus had multitudes following him everywhere he went and he they 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 were upset at him because he was stirring up the people with his teachings why because he taught as one having authority not as the scribes and the Pharisees he taught them a different teaching a different demonstration and he had demonstrations to his teaching okay John chapter 7 11 and 12 says this then the Jews sought him at the feast and said where is he and there was much complaining among the people concerning him some said he's good others Others said no. On the contrary, he deceives the people. However, no one spoke openly uh, of him for fears of the Jews. In other words, it was kind of like being a, uh, a Trump supporter now. Walking and saying, you're going to vote for Trump. You're going to not say anything because you're afraid that the crazy left or you're the crazy people out there. Or, you know, you're the church. If you stand up and say, I believe, I believe um, we got the right president spot. Half the congregation will look up. But he said this and he said that. And you don't want to go. You don't want to go through the, the stink. Of, of telling people what you think. Why? Because the same situation here. There are many people that love Jesus. Some were saying, well, I, I, on the contrary, he's, I really don't, I really don't uh, really uh, take to his teachings or I really don't like him or, or you know, my priest said or, that they're so locked into their culture they don't see Jesus. Well, you had them people there too. However, no one spoke openly of him for fear of the Jews. Why? Because if the Jews knew that you were on the side of Jesus, they were going to come after you. Now, why? Okay. Now, why? Number one, now, now, why why is that important for you and I to understand? Because they want to eliminate the voice. They want to eliminate influence. So if they can eliminate influence, then they, they can sway the people back to their side. So Jesus was a public enemy. Why? Because he was influential. Influential. Influential churches are a threat to the city and the council and the sin that they want to uh, uh, pol politically put in place. Okay, this is important for you to understand. So again, number one, they called him a deceiver. Okay, they called him a deceiver. Okay, one that lied to the people, one that was spreading lies, one that was misguiding the nation. Okay, that, that's very important. So he was pulling them out of their system and bringing them into the kingdom of God, which uh, to them was deceiving the people. Now, what was the other fault? 
he was dealing in the supernatural. He was dealing in the supernatural. He was dealing in healings and miracles. He was dealing with with curing the sick and and casting out devils and blessing people wherever he went. I mean, feeding, to make, uh, causing uh, two fishes and five loaves to feed feed a multitude of people on multiple occasions, pulling a pulling a a. a uh, a coin out of the mouth of a fish to pay taxes. I mean, all these amazing things, you know, knowing or prophesying to the future, exposing people's hearts. Jesus was absolutely a supernatural entity that they'd never seen before. But see, they had a scripture for him because what are they trying to do? They're trying to smear him as a deceiver. They're, they're smearing his name as he's going up and people are accepting him. They're saying, don't believe him. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a, he's, you know, he's, and he's a deceiver. He's deceiving the nation. That was the counterattack. Deuteronomy 13.5. They even had scripture for it. Watch this. But the prophet or the dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken in order to turn you away from the Lord your God. Okay. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of bondage to entice you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall put away the evil from your midst. So this was this was the attack and the assault on Jesus. This was the smear on him that he was a dreamer. He was a muse, a magician. He was he was doing everything through the wrong kingdom, swaying you away. They called him a magician. Okay, uh, in the second and the third century, they they were still propagating the fact that Jesus uh, cast out devils because he was a magician. Okay, this is very important for you to understand. This is when they say, "Well, healings don't take place." That person is that person. You know, he he's you know possessed and, and all this, and miracles don't happen and all. And they they start throwing labels on you. Listen, most men of God won't won't pray for the sick anymore because of the labels that come on. We will turn our back on on the gospel because of labels they'll put on you. You know, they we won't preach the truth of God's word because of what we're afraid they'll call us. You know, that's not that's that's weak. Okay, if they accuse, if they hate, if they hate you, take good cheer. You're in good company. They hated Jesus too. They came after him too. Okay, John the Baptist was accused of the same thing. Matthew eleven eighteen. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and not drink, eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a winebibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is justified by her children. Okay, Luke 7.33 uses the same, the same uh, verbiage about John the Baptist. He wouldn't eat or drink. And they said, he has a demon. Why? Because it's, when they can't defeat you, they have to demonize you. When they know they can't overpower you, when they know they lost the game, they start attacking you to try to eliminate you. And that's exactly what they have done. This tactic is being done in our nation today about the church, that the church hates people. The church doesn't love the poor. The church doesn't love the immigrant. The church doesn't love um, the those that are that are caught in in confusion in sexual uh, um, in in identity politics and they, we don't love them we're uh, we're unkind that we're exclusive no 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 that's what they want to tell us we are but we're not that we are not that we know who we are and we got to preach our gospel and we got to reach the lost at any cost and if it costs me my name to preach the gospel well then I'm in good company because Jesus was smeared 
Jesus was lied about. He was in the press. They came after him all the way to the very end. And why did they crucify him? Because they crucified him because he was what? A deceiver. They called him a deceiver. They wrapped it up. They made it stick. And of course, prophetically, we know that Jesus came to die for our sins. And though they thought they won, they really lost. Because guess what happened? Guess who was really deceived? Okay, Satan was. Because he says in Colossians, If I would have known that this was the Son of God, and what was going to happen, because this, I never would have crucified the Son of God. I never would have called him a deceiver if I knew what was coming. Well, guess what? The player got played. And guess what, church? Let's preach the truth. Get involved in the system. Get involved. You, as you walk into your building, as you get behind your pulpit, you are a political threat to the kingdom of darkness if you are preaching the truth. How do I know I'm preaching the truth? Okay? How do I know I'm preaching the truth? This is important. Okay? Number one. Okay? You will preach that without faith, okay, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You will begin to preach that without faith, okay, you can have no lordship, okay? Without faith, without faith, okay? Without faith, okay, there's no repentance. So with faith, all these things are possible, okay? Faith produces repentance and change. Faith produces uh, lordship. Faith produces righteousness and holiness and as your people and as your message evolves and you grow in the pulpit you begin to touch the social hurts and the pains that are in the hearts of people why because truth sheds light on darkness and when the darkness is exposed it bows its knee to the mighty name of jesus so i pray that you enjoyed this this uh, discussion today. Preach the gospel. Produce repentance. Preach the gospel. Produce lordship in the people's lives. Preach the gospel and repentance will come to those around you because faith is produced. So God bless you. Thank you for listening to Prophetic Whispers today and we will talk to you tomorrow as we discuss more about the political antics and the activism of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God bless you and thank you for listening today.